Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up, everyone? This is episode two of the MBS Fitness Radio podcast. We are here with Matt Harford, who is a trainer at MBS Fitness. Matt, introduce yourself and kind of give us your uh, your athletic background, and then talk, talk to us a little bit about kind of your training background, what you do. All right, cool. So, uh, like David said, my name is Matt Harford. Uh, I've been a trainer at MBS for a little over a year and a half. Uh, athletic background: I played pretty much every sport in high school or not in high school, leading up to high school. So I did baseball, football, basketball, golf, uh, specialized in baseball from high school to college. And then from there, I've been training ever since. Uh, trained a little bit in powerlifting, bodybuilding type stuff. Been doing CrossFit for the past two years-ish. And really specialized in helping high school kids kind of reach their athletic potential as they get ready for college. And then uh, really more... Uh, less developed college kids as they get ready for life after college. Very cool. Why Why is that kind of like your passion? Why do you enjoy working with athletes specifically? Uh, I love working with athletes because at some point in time, pretty much everybody that's ever lived was some type of athlete, right? So maybe they stopped being an athlete in sixth grade. Maybe they stopped being an athlete at 25, right? Uh, so I like having – these young kids that are still athletes and helping them realize that even though, uh, helping them realize even though, you know, they may stop playing sports at whatever point, they need to keep training like athletes, keep training functional movements, keep moving. Yeah. Uh, so I love inspiring that in kids and, and get the best out of them. Very cool. And I think you're probably like me in a sense that like when I was in high school, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, if I knew what I knew now, yep. like what kind of athlete could I have been? Yep. You know, and so. 100%. You know, you know. like four years of uh, of high school programming brought by my baseball coach where I leg pressed, I did <laughs> uh, bicep curls, and yeah. I did rear delt flies, and that's all I remember. Like, <laughs> didn't squat, didn't deadlift, nothing else. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, I got, I got um, the client Oliver now. He's like in seventh grade and deadlifts mm-hmm. 225 for – Four reps. Yep. I'm like, well, holy crap. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I did that till I was a junior, senior yeah. in high school. Yep, no way. Um, I don't know if I even deadlifted in, in high school. So I didn't. I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very cool, Matt. Um, so today's topic is kind of major mistakes that high, uh, high school athletes make, specifically in their, their training and just athletic development. So mm-hmm. I've got three. Matt's got three. And we're just going to jump cool. right into it. Cool? Cool. All right. Do it. So my first one is what I call fractured training. So the biggest mistake I see in high school athletic development and in middle school athletic development is what I call fractured training. And what I mean by that is for most high school, middle school athletes, what they do is they kind of bounce around from sport to sport, but there's no real like developmental program underlying all that. So they'll go and do, you know, training for football in the summer and in the fall and then they go do basketball practice in the winter and then mm-hmm. baseball practice in the spring and each sport has its own coach who has its own developmental program own weightlifting program for that that sport yep. and so it's fractured in the sense that there's no like real six eight ten twelve year kind of developmental plan in place it's just kind of bouncing around from 
one sport to one sport to one sport to one sport. And then, unfortunately, what happens is that's not the worst thing ever because at least playing multiple sports gets you different um, training methodologies mm-hmm. and different skill sets and different um, movements, and you're not getting the same like repetitive use issues. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, if you're a moderately good baseball player in sixth grade, they say, hey, we want you to start playing competitive ball, and now we want you to start playing – they're going to double your season. You can play spring and summer, and then then you're going to start playing fall ball, and then you're going to start doing extra um, extra specialized training with a batting coach, a pitching coach, a fielding coach, all that kind of stuff. And so then you don't even get any like um, variety in training. Now it's just one thing. So that's my number one: is fracture training, no underlying program that's meant to develop them as an athlete, like as a total athlete. Instead, what you see is like sports specific training popping around from season to season. Yep. And it sounds like, uh, you know, you get that continuum to develop the athlete like a straight line. And each sport is like they're running full speed and then they're banging off of this wall, then going off of this wall, then back to this wall. And then six months later, they're back to where they started doing that stuff. So there's no real way to develop their pro or show their progress over yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like objective way to say like yep. you're getting better as an athlete. Mm-hmm. It's just, we think you're getting better as a as a specific sports player, yep, exactly. but we don't we don't really know. And and then, unfortunately, like the the sports coach then themselves. I mean, they're responsible for making you the best sports specific player for that team during that season. Yep. Not, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a it's a flawed system. Yep. But is it? They're not measuring your athletic development over over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. They're just saying this season we need you to be X Y Z, right? Yep, yep, exactly. All right, cool. So that's my number one, Matt. Your number one was lack of sleep. Tell us some more. So my number one was lack of sleep. Uh, basically, being first off because uh, based off of studies that I've seen and that I've read, sleep is going to be the most important for kids. Uh, and then as you get older, you need require less and less, right? Uh, so they need sleep. They go to school eight to three, say they practice four to six, they go eat, they do homework seven to 10, whatever. And then these days, these kids are staying up, playing video games, watching movies, hanging out with their girlfriends and not really prioritizing it. I remember when I was in high school, uh, the famous expression from, pretty much every one of my friends was like, hey, you can sleep when you're dead. You know, like, we're going to do this, like, sleep when you're dead. Uh, you know, nobody nobody remembers nights that they got a, a good night's sleep. But <laughs> in terms of athletic, uh, reaching that athletic potential, like, keep digging that hole, keep being in a deficit, keep living like that, eventually it's going to catch up to them. It might not catch up to them when they're 20. It might catch up to them when they're 30, 35. But eventually it is going to hit like a rock, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I mean by lack of sleep, and especially these kids that are playing, you know, baseball, football, basketball, then summer they're trying to juggle all three, and then they're trying to do school, ACT prep work, stuff like that. It's just so much that it's almost impossible to sleep. So when you throw in the distractions like video games, uh, all the TV that we watch, and, you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, yeah. it makes it difficult. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the, the, the theory that more is always better. Yep. And so we're only thinking about, like, more stimulus, more stimulus, more stimulus, like you said. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to be better? We got to do more. Yep. Yeah. I remember I had a, I had a, a guy I trained. He was in, he was in eighth grade at the time mm-hmm. 
and his parents had homeschooled him so that he could spend extra time focusing on baseball so that he could make a high school baseball program. Yep. Which, like, you know, just to be completely open and honest, if you're having to do that to make the high school baseball program, like, you're probably not going to go on yeah. beyond high school. Exactly. Or at least to, like, a high level, uh, definitely not to the pros or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but th- he, he had three like three-hour practices uh, a week. Mm-hmm. He had a tournament almost every weekend. He had a pitching coach, a hitting coach, a fielding coach, a speed coach, and then they wanted to add me in as like a strength and conditioning coach. I was like, this kid's already doing like 30-plus hours of yep. like training a week. Like he's already doing more than like most professional athletes do from a training load standpoint. I was like, I'm not going to take him on unless yep. – cancel some of that stuff i don't want to be part of this this pouring more on i think that's a that's a, it's probably a good lesson for for parents of athletes to understand that like more is not always the answer exactly um and for us like we didn't ha- like in high school i think the biggest video game we had was maybe playstation mm-hmm. you know like the original playstation one yeah and <laughs> yeah. then i think maybe xbox senior year but Meaning, like, you couldn't – and we didn't have cell phones that that could send text messages. Yeah. So we didn't quite have as many distractions or opportunities to miss out on sleep as yep. kids do now. It was kind of like, well, it's 9, 10 o'clock, yep. and I don't have anything to do. I'm going to sleep, right? Yep, exactly. But they've got all those distractions. So, right. yeah, definitely, like, lack of sleep is something that plagues mm-hmm. almost every athlete that walks in these doors. Very cool. Okay, my number two was the workouts not being developmentally varied. And what I mean by that is, I'm going I'm to give an example. So I was working with an, uh, a female basketball player in high school, and I went and talked to their, their basketball coach about their programming, how it could help and everything. And his, his statement was, one, is he goes, well, I mean, they're females, which obviously that is mm-hmm. the – complete wrong approach to it but then he said we use the same program that like the 93 or 96 bulls use Mm -hmm. and like in his mind he was like well this is what one of the greatest basketball teams in history used Mm -hmm. so this is what we're going to use not taking into account that that was a program that was at that time 15 years old and designed for professional male uh, basketball players in their 20s and 30s. Yep. And he's applying that to non-professional female teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people quite understand the developmental difference between like a mature senior in high school and an immature freshman. Yep. Like an under, like a freshman who's who's a little b- behind in like uh, pubescent development and yep. a senior who's like ahead in pubescent development. And that can really be like a biological difference of like six to seven years. Yeah. And that's a huge difference mm-hmm. from when it comes to training, especially at that, at that age. And so a lot of times what you see for, um, for programming, it's just one program, mm-hmm. right? It's just written up on the board. Yep. There's a coach. He writes the workout on the board. Everyone just walks in and does the workout. Mm-hmm. And so the same workout is being used for seniors who have four years of development 
under, under, under and experience underneath them and freshmen who have potentially no weight room experience whatsoever, right? Yeah. And then there's no, like, you know, uh, transitionary period or introductory, uh, introductory period for those freshmen. A lot of times it's like seniors teach this. <laughs> seniors who aren't skilled coaches teach these freshmen how to now lift. Yep, 100%. And people don't realize that there's a huge developmental difference and 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 applying the wrong program to someone at the wrong period of their developmental age mm-hmm. at the very least is going to limit potential development and but at the worst you have potential to like create career ending injuries yeah yeah and and so like simple things like like even even coaches using like percentage based loads is it's it's not i don't think it's a very good practice because be like if you if for that high school team you're using percentage based loads well like that senior probably needs to be using different percentages than a freshman does mm-hmm. and how do we know and, and and the way that they get those percentages is by doing dumb things like doing a one rep max after football season yep. prior to lifting to get those percentages mm-hmm. and the last time you the, the worst time of year to do a one rep max is after football season when your body's trashed yep. and you haven't been lifting at Just all. Destroyed. <laughs> right? But they do silly things like that. Mm-hmm. And not to say that percentage based work isn't applicable to like more developed athletes, but it's definitely not applicable to newer athletes. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's just it's too much. It's it's too much and, and their their abilities change you know, so fast. Mm-hmm. So instantaneously as they start to develop, the percentages are irrelevant because yep. now they have new, they're going to have new one or maxes yep. and they're stronger yep. and they're stronger. <laughs> so, uh, like you can put a hundred pounds on a, a, a freshman squad, mm-hmm. you know, you probably can't put a hundred pounds on a C on a developed senior squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would you use like the same percentages for both of those? So yep. that's a, that's a big one for me is not having like developmentally varied programs mm-hmm. based off of the, the athletes current level. All right, Matt, your next one was what? Ego lifting. Uh, so this is one that a lot of times if people, if, if high school kids train in high school and they start this in high school, this is when it carries over uh, to college and after that. So a lot of times this is, when you come into the gym and you see some kid walk in, throw 135 on the bar, immediately start cranking out reps, throw 225 on the bar, reps, 315 reps, then whatever, singles after that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you look at your watch, okay, did all that in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How many high school kids are you seeing coming in throw 315 for reps uh, on the bar? <laughs> so not many high school kids throwing 315 for reps on the bar for sure. But – yeah, I, I general consensus is that if they start that in high school, they start just lifting and, and doing whatever they saw on Instagram. You know, they saw so-and-so do this on Instagram. Well, I want to do that tomorrow. It's like, so I'm going to try to deadlift 400 pounds. I've never deadlifted over 250. But you know what? You know, you know, you only live once. Let's, let's give it a shot. <laughs> uh, so we throw all technique out of, the ball, out, of the, out of the equation. We just drop down. We do everything we can to get the bar up. Maybe you don't hurt yourself the first time you do that. Maybe you don't hurt yourself for 10 years doing that. But eventually that's going to just pile up and just completely implode on you, right? Uh, I saw one study that I think it was like 40% of, or not 40%, I think it was 30% of all adults uh, 
some have, what do you call it, uh, bulging discs that yeah. will show up on MRIs that they have no pain with, right? So what if you have one of those bulging discs and you developed it when you're 15 and then you don't get pain with it until you're 40 and then you can't walk? Right. Uh, so if we learn the technique, we learn how to brace, we learn how to actually lift with our full body, and then we apply that to lightweight and then incrementally move up year after year, you know, month after month, uh, it's so much better than just coming in here like, all right, I want to see how strong I am yeah. every single day. You know, this week we did one. Next week I'm going to try to do five reps. Next week I'm going to try to do 20. And then I'm back to one because I want to do one again, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that is one of the biggest problems I see starting in high school because they see it on social media. They see all these strong lifters and they don't know what how to how those strong lifters achieved uh, that success. So they just like, you know what? I see them doing one rep with heavy weight. I want to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's that's kind of similar to like not being developmentally varied. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's doing things that are not applicable to your current level, mm-hmm. and and it, it's it's not necessarily the athlete's fault. It's it's they don't they don't have anyone in their ear or anyone being a good representation to them. But like, hey, and, and talk to them like, hey, this mm-hmm. is the correct way to do it. Yeah. Um. And and that's not how we approach other areas of sports. I mean, we don't take a we don't take a um, a beginning basketball player and start drawing up complex plays and talking about uh, setting picks and all that kind of stuff. We mm-hmm. say, okay, we're going to teach you how to dribble the ball, right? And we're going to do yep. ball dribble drills mm-hmm. until you've got that kind of foundation now, and then we'll start to add complexity to it. Yep. And it, with regards to, to lifting, um, I think a lot of times I, – I, I, and I'm I, not – I say this from experience. I definitely didn't have a like long term view. Yeah. When it came to like training, like when you're in high school, you don't necessarily think like, okay, I'm going to set myself up for success mm-hmm. over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You're really yeah. like, it was just more, 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 yeah. more, more, right? Yeah. I'll do something cool today. Yep. <laughs> um, I know when I, like, like what I did in high school is I got, I got into bodybuilding. Mm hmm. But I was playing sports. So what I ended up doing was like buying Ronnie Coleman's like training guide and doing a training guide done by someone with far superior genetics than me, yep. way more development and uh, maturity in the weight room than me, mm-hmm. who played a sport that I didn't play. Yep. <laughs> For you know the sports that I was playing. Yep. But I didn't have anyone going like explain to me. Hey David, I totally understand. Like that's cool. Ryan Coleman's awesome. He's super strong. But here's the deal: if we set you up now with just the basic lifts, mm-hmm. if we teach you how to squat, to bench, to do deadlifts, to do pull-ups, to do rows. We build your posterior chain and build up your core. Mm-hmm. Not only is that going to make you better at baseball, better at football, it's going to make you overall stronger. It's probably going to build more muscle, and it's going to set you up to be bigger and stronger down the road when you are Ronnie Coleman's age, if you do that workout, having this foundation is going to even help you out more. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that. Yep. So I did the same thing. I was like, I want to be big like Ronnie Coleman. So I'm going to do Ronnie I'm gonna Coleman's do, I'm going to do what Ronnie Coleman does. <laughs> exactly. And it goes back to, you know, the cliche of like Rome wasn't built in a day. Michael Jordan won Michael Jordan when he was 10 years old, right? right? It's, it's, it's constant development and development and getting better and better and better. And then eventually reaching that peak, right? right. And if we do that, right that peak could be, you know, 35, 40 years of age, right? Yeah. Versus we do that wrong and we peak at 18 and then it's just a constant 
down yeah. spiral till till we're in the in the ground. One hundred percent. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that goes back also to kind of that, that my first point um, about having kind of the fractured mm-hmm. tra- training is if we have coaches and people in positions that are influencing young athletes that are knowledgeable and it's not the athlete's responsibility to know that kind of stuff. They're never going to know it. No. So it's, it's a responsibility of the people who are involved with their sports careers, their mm-hmm. parents, their coaches to kind of understand that and have a, a bigger picture view and kind of help guide them through that whole yep. process. Yep. Very cool. Okay. My number three was poor nutrition. So one of the questions I always ask high school athletes that come in is I'll say, hey, question, how many of your friends follow a good nutrition program? Like get up, have a good healthy breakfast, maybe have a snack in between breakfast and lunch or or eating good quality foods for lunch or having a snack before they go to practice or having something good for dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, how many of your friends do that? And like across the board, the answer is always like uh, none. Yeah, <laughs> none. And uh, and the, you know the, the silly thing is, is that I'm like of course all these kids are playing sports. A lot of those kids are going and doing like specialized training. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those kids are coming and doing like specialized weight training with with professionals. Yep. All trying to get like a leg up or like get you know be more competitive. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that no one's doing is eating well. Yep. So uh, just like we were talking about sleep, the if you're not doing the things necessary to support those habits, if you're not recovering through quality sleep, if you're not fueling yourself with good quality nutrition, then all those other things that you're, you're doing are like at best going to be not as uh, impactful and at worst are going to set you up for an injury yep. or overtraining or something bad's going to happen. Yep. So I, uh, I think that a uh, a big mistake and another huge opportunity for um, high school athletes, middle school athletes as well, is to start focusing on their nutritional um, their nutritional plan and not just their training plan. Yep, yep. It's like it's like driving, you know, 120 miles an hour straight into a brick wall. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like eventually that brick wall is going to come if we if we don't do exercise proper nutrition if we don't sleep. But we're working our body. We're working as hard as we possibly can, and we're go, you know we're going 120. Eventually, that wall is going to come, and we're going to slam right into it. 100. percent Yeah. You know? Like at some point, we're gonna we're going to suffer the consequences yeah. of not taking care of exactly. ourselves. Very cool. All right. Last one for Matt was failing to plan, planning to fail. So I like this one because I think it ties in all the things that we've talked about so far, right? So we talked about fractured training, going bouncing around, uh, you know, lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, stuff like that. So failing to plan and planning to fail, you know, either we can start off with you don't have a training plan at all. So say you're a high school athlete, you don't have, you know, you have workouts, but other than that, you do workouts by yourself and all that you do is you don't have a training plan. You just go in and you're like, all right, I guess today I will – do whatever machine is open, right? Uh, and then maybe I'll hop on the treadmill and jog for 30 minutes or something like that. Then we could have, you know, person B who walks in, he's got a training program, uh, not necessarily a program, but he sees a workout that somebody posted online. Like, hey, here's a really hard workout. Uh, I'm going to show you all the exercises I did. It's on Instagram. So he sees that, he runs through it. Uh, again, 
really hard workout. So he might get better, but there's no structure in it. It's just beating yourself for no reason, right? And then there's C, getting an online program from one of these fitness influencers on Instagram uh, that kind of goes back into, uh, you know, program being built for somebody who might be 18 and you might be 14, right? So you're not, you know, you're not developed enough to do this program, but he sold this program to, you know, 5,000 people, uh, you know, for nine ninety nine. So you're like, Hey, I'm sure I'll get better with it. And you might get better at first, <laughs> Yeah, but doing something is going to, yeah, yeah. Doing something is always going to be better than doing nothing. Yeah. But at some point we have to add that structure. We have to actually prepare and plan yeah. or we're going to plan to fail. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to realize, um, the value of having a proper plan in place and having eyes on you. Mm-hmm. The reality is you just, you can't really teach yourself correct technique. Yep. And certainly not as well as someone who can look, who is a qualified coach who's looking at you and is giving you in the moment feedback on that technique. And that yep. applies like, I mean, you and I have multiple decades of training experience. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer someone to watch me lift mm-hmm. and, and give me feedback than try to do it on my own or even yep. take a video of myself mm-hmm. and co- go back and try coach myself. Like, you just can't be objective in that. Because, I mean, even even when you're trying to be objective, you're going to be easier on yourself than somebody else is going to be, right? Right. Because you're like, hey, I got the reps. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the having any plan done with, you know, good intention and, and, and done with effort is mm-hmm. better than no plan no at plan. all. Exactly, yeah. But having a, a, a well-thought-out, qualified plan that's specific for you mm-hmm. and someone to kind of walk you through and guide you through that plan is going to yep. be far better than you trying to guide yourself. Yep. Just like, you know, every professional athlete on the planet works with a coach. Yep. Michael Jordan had a really high level of knowledge with regards to the game of basketball and mm-hmm. had a really high no- uh, uh, um knowledge and experience level when it came to like doing all the weight room stuff mm-hmm. he still uses uses a coach yep because a coach is someone who helps guide you through and gets you there faster safer quicker than you could do it on your own yep and we don't allow our high school athletes to teach themselves calculus yep or teach themselves english mm-hmm. but sometimes we allow our, our high school athletes to develop themselves yep and that's uh that's that. That's not the right way to do it. It's not yep. a good plan. So, well, it's it's like think about. I've had athletes that I've trained that train three times a week, uh, that have a structured plan that make progress month after month, slow progress, and they keep getting better. And then you have those guys that, like, after high school, you walk into the gym and you see, like, wow, that guy's benching four hundred five. And you come back five years later, like, wow, that guy's benching three eighty five. Like, you went back. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but he. You know, you ask him, like, what have you been doing? I've been doing the same thing for the past five years. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, man, I think those are some great takeaways. Uh, you know, I think the, the biggest, the, the, the people that this podcast really is for is, of course, high school athletes, please listen to it, but really for the coaches and for the parents. If you mm-hmm. got a, if you got high school athletes or middle school athletes or you have kids that are one day you hope to be athletes, I, mean, mm-hmm. I hope you take this in, into consideration, share it with your friends, share it with your, 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 your um, sons and daughters, uh, friends who are um, on their team, share it with their coaches and, um, 
and help create a, a good developmental plan in place yep. that's going to help them have success over their athletic career because I said – you only get to you only get to be a high school athlete one time. Yep. So even if it's not to go to the pros, the skills, the knowledge, uh, the experiences you you take away from doing it correctly yep. can ideally be applied throughout life. Throughout like, the rest, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We want ideally we'd we'd have people who are high school who played high school sports mm-hmm. and continue to be athletes throughout their entire lives. Exactly, because your your average high school athlete is going to grow up to be your average American adult, right? You know, that, Which is someone who doesn't exercise ex- and is obese. Exactly. So it's like if, if, if we can get those proper systems and, and, and guidance in place when they're 15 and we can keep that going, you know, they can keep making progress and then be physically fit when they're older, when they're 30, 40, 50 years old. They can move around. They can do things that they want to do. They can be there for their families versus being like, you know, 66% of the population which is obese <laughs> yeah i think yeah and like i think the beautiful part about the weight room compared to the field a lot of times is the weight room always gives you objective feedback you yep. always know i did five more pounds mm-hmm. i did two more reps you know i did that three seconds faster or whatever yep and there's always objective feedback and there's always like objective progress mm-hmm. and i think it's it i think having a good coach having someone who can kind of walk you down that path and teach it all to you is incredibly important, but super really incredibly important, like as a potential balance. Mm-hmm. If their soccer coach is just someone who gat does makes them do sprints and gassers to death, and it's yep. always just conditioning, 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 getting yelled at, getting yelled at, getting mm-hmm. yelled at. If that's their experience, if they're like a competitive soccer player and that's their experience, uh, middle school through high school or college, like a lot of times you see people go. When they're released from that, when they're yep. done playing, they're like, "Okay, I'll never do that." Yeah, again. I'm, done, I'm, I'm done working done. out. Like I've, I have had enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would say probably 95 percent of the the people I played college football with mm-hmm. all said, "I will never squat again once I'm done playing college football." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Okay, that's probably not a good plan." <laughs> yeah. Like squatting is a basic functional movement that you should be able to do the rest of your life. Yeah. What did we do in college or in high school that made them feel like I'll never do this again. Mm-hmm. That's if that's kind of the verbiage they're getting, I'll never run ever again. I'm never going to do sprints ever again. Then we're doing something wrong, right? Yep. Yeah. We're doing something wrong. Like mm-hmm. we want to set these kids up for not only like at some point, you're not going to play sports anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Or at least not at the same competitive level. Mm-hmm. So ideally what we're doing is we're not sacrificing the next 20, 30, 40 years of a, of a, of a teenager's or a kid's lives mm-hmm. for the sake of them being a better high school athlete, right? Exactly. We're and setting them up for success yep. over life. You know, that you know if they get to where they don't ever want to do sprints again, well, what happens if you need to sprint after something? What happens if the world is ending and there's an earthquake and you need to run and you haven't ran in 20 years? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to run. <laughs> yeah. Or or it, it didn't have to be the world ending. It's just like it's like basic – human function yeah, anything like, yeah like you're, you're it's like saying like well I, I had to read a lot in high school so i just don't think i'll read it ever again it's like no like reading is a basic human function you should you should probably yeah. learn to enjoy reading mm-hmm. if throughout high school we've the way we've taught you reading makes you never want to read again we've done it wrong yep if the way we've developed you is that you never want to sprint again and do things because and you're about to have a kid but kids love to run 
Yep. They love it. That's all they want to do they is they run everywhere. Run, 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 bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Where's the breakdown between, like, that kid who just loves to run and loves to play around and loves to, like, have fun and shoot balls and kick things and jump off of things and explore the world with their body mm-hmm. to the the middle-aged adult who doesn't do any doesn't of those do any of it. Yeah. Goes to work, sits down, drives home, mm-hmm. sits down, watches Netflix. Yep. Like, there's a breakdown there and, like, we got to fix that. Well, yeah, so. we got to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. Set people up for success. Yeah. Well, very cool, Matt. That was a great, uh, great talk. Um, if you guys enjoy the, the podcast, please be, uh, please be sure to share it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.